and hello movie lovers and today we're going to be re- re- we're going to be reviewing Benny and June and you know what Benny and June is a whimsical and heartfelt romantic comedy that weaves a tale of love family and beauty found in life's quirkiest moments with the stellar cast including Johnny Depp Mary Stewart Marson and Aidan Quinn it's a film that has left an indictable mark on the hearts of audiences. And with me, I actually have Heidi with me. We're going to be reviewing this film. I cannot wait to dive in this with her. So without further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's get on with the show. And hey, Heidi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's good to have you on here talking about Benny and June. But before we get into this episode... Let's talk about your podcast for a minute. Tell everybody what your podcast is about, and then we'll go into the whole entire deal with Brittany and June. Okay, so my name is Heidi Joe D'Amelio. I have to put my middle name in there because, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, um, I share a name with another actress model. Um, well, I think she's model. I do acting and modeling. Um, but I have a show that I wrote that is coming out in 2024 called the color of love. So to build a fan base for the color of love and kind of get our fans interacting with us, I decided to write a podcast and my podcast is called sibling rivalry for the color of love. And it's basically myself and the two gentlemen who play my brothers. And we do a lot of Q and A's. We touch on Topics that, you know, that are very important that people might not want to speak about, such as mental health or um, addiction, different things that can come in the entertainment business. Um, Basically, actors just speaking, you know, respectfully with one another. And uh, we kind of keep it classy, funny. We pick fun at one another. Um, but it's just to kind of build a fan base and a connection with our fans that are following us and, you know, just to kind of get it out there to build a little bit more support. Okay. Well, with that being said, let's go on ahead. Let's dive into the world of Benning in June. So I just want to mention this real quick. This movie uh, only has a budget of well, there's not even a budget, really. So it only made $30 million at the box office in the 90s. Usually it act, it has a budget, but I don't never found a budget for this movie. So I don't know how much it costs to make. But it only made like $30 million. This is actually an underrated Johnny Depp movie, if you think about it. Nobody really talks about this film or anything. And I really like the opening sequence uh, with this, where you have June having a painting montage, and you also have the song 500 Miles playing. It really sets the tone for what this movie is going to be about. You know what I mean? So it has um, basically, you have June is, for, we're introduced to the world of June for the first time. It also introduces us to Sam, uh, Sam's character, and on the train, uh, played by Johnny Depp, is none other than Sam. And he's reading a book, he's kind of peeking through. And it's a wonderful introduction to these characters for the very first time. So what did you think of the whole entire introduction, the montage, the painting, and the music and stuff like that? Well, what I love about the introduction to this is it really gives you an insight on the talent that June has before you really find out about her character. Um, But it just shows you her skills, her talent. Of course, Sam played by none other Johnny Depp, you know, born John Christopher Depp, which I like that he wasn't born Jonathan. He was just born John Christopher Depp, the second, I believe, um, June 9th of 1963. Amazing man, amazing talent that just pours out of him. And his role that he plays in this movie, you know, you don't really see it, but it eases into that whole Charlie Chapman that persona and it's perfect definitely and that's what what made me fell fall in love with this film though too because i remember in boston watching the pay-per-view channel 
and looking and seeing what was coming on TV. And then so it was to be, there was actually a coming attraction or a trailer to Benning in June. And I love Johnny Depp because I remember my first film that I ever seen him in. It wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street or anything. It was actually mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands. So I'm like, ooh, okay, I need to check this out. So I went on ahead, got my grandmother to walk five blocks to go to Blockbuster. She came back with it and I watched and I fell in love with it. And it still holds a special place in my heart today. And, you know, just in case anybody's wondering what Benny and June is about, because I want to break this down. Benjamin Benny Pearl in has a mentally uh, ill sister named uh, Jupiter, also named as June. They live together following the accidental death of their parents. And that's basically a small synopsis of what this film's about. But underneath it and everything, it has layers. It makes you care about these characters. They're very relatable and stuff like that. That's something I really liked about it was the fact that it's very relatable. And it's like everyday conversation as well. I've had um, some scenes in this movie that I could relate with. One is um, my parents both worked all the time. And I have a sister who's 13 years younger than me. And I spent a lot of the time being the bigger sibling that was kind of like, I don't want to give credit to raising my sister, but I was a big part of her life. Um, So basically, you know, she had to be the June to my Benny. And, um, although she wasn't, you know, she didn't have a mental illness, which, you know, thank goodness, but, you know, I could relate to having to be the older sibling and take care of to the younger sibling. Right. This is, you know, this is a very good movie to open up to mental health. So it's definitely a good way to contribute to, letting people make have awareness to it most definitely and definitely not only that but you also see the whole entire deal with johnny well not with johnny that but when we are introduced to benny about the wear and tear that is going on within his own life where basically he can't even have a normal life because of the stuff with june and you see that being played out through the movie and that's something else that i really have to say that they really touched on was the fact that she, he is her caregiver, and the caregiver is basically giving his all, and she doesn't understand what she's doing or anything like that to her brother, to the point where he can't really have a life. He's afraid that if he goes out of the house or anything like that, that she's going to burn his house down, or something worse is going to happen. And so he decides to sacrifice everything just so he can be with his sister. And you know, you really feel that for him. And that's something that I think that they captured really well between them was the brother and sister dynamic, which is very hard to do whenever you look at the context of the film. And they managed to do a pretty damn good job on that. But, um, but yeah, like I was saying, Sam is somewhat unusual at first seeing him. Benny is a car mechanic. William H. Macy as Randy is basically on the opening scene at the car uh, inside the car mechanic's place. He's over there talking about his wife and talking about the fact that, you know, they're always arguing back and forth, bickering back and forth. But there's a line that really something that he says that I'm going to end up going back on in a few, like later on in the review. But he says this to him. He said, he says to Randy, um, is this, what does it mean to need somebody? Because he goes, my wife says that she needs me. What does it mean to need somebody? And I'm going to go on something uh, later on about that, that little line, because I think there's a deeper meaning and message to this film because of the relationship between uh, Sam and June that I want to mention with that. But... But what, do you th- what did you think of the whole entire deal where we are introduced to these characters? They're having everyday conversation. You have a UPS guy that shows up at, the, uh, at his workplace as well that he's friends with. You are also introduced to Mike. You're introduced to all these guys there. And they want Benny at this poker game. And what did you think about that? I think it has a great storyline behind it. And the fact is, is, you know... With the poker game, uh, poker game scene, the fact that he had to drag his little sister to it just to be feeling like he's contributing to having somewhat of a normal life, um, 
it's really touching. You know, he's still trying to be concerned, still trying to have fun. I love the fact um, it was very raw in the point where when they are playing poker and it's June's turn to fill in because Benny's late and they bet Sam as a bargaining chip in the poker game. Right. Benny comes out and says, you can't bet a human. Right. Because the stuff that they do now, let, let me explain how they gamble. They don't use money to gamble with. They use like everyday things that they use or they use like car parks. They use uh, a Allen ranch or something like that as well. I'll give you my Allen ranch and something else, for example. And so that person goes, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to top that and give you something else. So they're not betting money. They're basically just betting either they're betting tickets to a baseball game as collateral. The base and they're also that. yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love the fact that they're using the barter system to to play this game and you know, it's it's fantastic. Like I I could see myself doing that. I think it's a fun way to play poker though, if you think about it. It, it really and, is. But yeah, I think that also too, you know, June, um, like you said, join, June winds up joining the poker game at a friend's house and loses the bet. And so Mike is mad uh, because of the fact that his cousin, Sam, has been staying with them. And he goes, he's driving me nuts. He's driving me nuts with his 1930s comedy stuff. He's keeping me up all hours of the night. And I like how June goes, just get cable. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then, and then I like how basically Betty's like, what are you doing? This is our conversation. You do not have that part of that conversation. But if this was remade, he's just like, why don't you just get him a streaming service like Netflix? But right. that's, but yeah. But I just thought the fact that she mentioned cable and why don't you just get him cable? Like it was like a simple fix. I thought that was a hilarious thing. And of course, like you said, whenever Benny goes, well, you can't bet it, human. What are you doing? And he goes, well, too late. The bet's already been set. And as a, and so he gets that. Uh, he gets the cousin the next day. He gets Sam. But he, then also, too, he also gets a snorkel mask that June is wearing when the cops arrest her for a stop in traffic, which I thought was hilarious, too. That was an epic scene. Um, but let, let's rewind just a little bit further yeah. when June first notices Sam. Um, oh, yeah. This is a, this is the look thing. on her face when she's just seeing him sit in the tree. You know, like just a human being just, just sitting in a tree. All casual. You know, and she's riding around in the car with a football helmet. <laughs> Right. And they're so unusual together to the point where she understands him and she understands her. So that they got that kind of thing going. But I like also, too, where he's just in the tree and you're thinking he's like a paper or something. But she's but they're actually on their way to the poker game. And that's whenever they pull into Mike's house. And that's where they wind up seeing um, seeing Sam up in the tree. I like how she winds up saying, well, I see that uh, I see that you came down from your tree. I thought that line was hilarious. Definitely, because it's, you know, it was kind of calling him out a little bit mm-hmm. to interact, you know, um, especially with people being introverts and extroverts and stuff like that. It, it was a good way to, you know, initiate a good conversation and, and it adds comedy to it. Exactly. And then you also have, this whole entire situation that's being played out at the poker table. And then Sam is now part of being a guest at their house because now he's stuck with the burden of Mike's cousin. And at first he's hesitant with it because of the fact that he doesn't know this guy. He's only knew this guy for like 72 hours. As a matter of fact, even whenever uh, his love interest winds up saying, well, how long have you known Sam? "Uh, 72 hours. (laughs) But there's also this other part though, too, where He's kind of loosened, uh, loosens up around Sam, especially whenever they're at the diner. The diner scene to me is my favorite part is when he's playing with the food, he's dancing with the food, and then he winds up accidentally hitting this one girl. Yeah. <laughs> with the uh, the waitress with the bread, the rolls. And then 
the the tray the the dinner Wait, winds up the yeah. dinner yes yeah was, go on ahead I'll let you do this phenomenal but let's let's touch on a little line there where June talks about she don't like raisins because they're just humiliated grapes. That was yeah. That was just funny though, too, in its own self, because of the fact it's like I don't like grapes. I don't like how they they make them humanized, how they humanize yeah. grapes and everything. And he's like, "Why? What, what what do you mean?" Because they they sing, they and they dance. Referring to the raisinettes. That's right. Uh, what was that? That was back in the nineties. Um, yep. No, I heard it through the grapevine when they would come on and sing and dance and try to advertise for grapes. But let's let's talk about um, Mary Stewart Masterson real quick, who plays June. Yep. She was actually supposed to be played by Winona Ryder, but dropped out upon the breakup with Johnny Depp. Oh wow, that would have been a whole yeah. different movie. In that case, it would, but I think it was marvelous with Mary Stewart playing June. Me too. I think it was like a girl next door kind of vibe to it. Even though Winona has that girl next door and she can play it, it's just that with that actress, she plays the girl next door kind of look really well. She understands this mm -hmm. character and she plays it down to a T. Yeah. It's not and what's, what, what's um, ironic about it is Winona Ryder also played in the movie um, Girl Interrupted, I think it was called. And it was filmed in Harrisburg, PA. And I was literally right across the street from the hospital where Whoopi Goldberg and Winona Ryder were staying in the hotel. I was actually giving birth to my oldest daughter during that time. The, oh, wow. uh, the movie Girl Interrupted was being filmed in Harrisburg. And I looked out my window and there was Whoopi. So, you know, that was that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, could you imagine just the, the character difference if it was played by Winona versus Mary? Yeah, there would have been a huge difference in everything. I think... The version that we would have gotten was probably Winona back in Stranger Things. That kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm picturing yes. in my head of how she would play that character is basically how she played the mother in Stranger Things. Because right. she's... Do you, yeah. do you think the movie would have taken off a lot more or been more um, noticed and out there, because if you think about it, Benny and June is not a, a common movie that people would have known that Johnny Depp was in. No. So if it, if you think um, Winona Ryder played June, do you think it would have gotten more credits? I don't know, because there's, uh, to be honest with you, the views itself was mixed. You had uh, Robert Ebert that said that it was actually all over the place. It was not really any substance to the plot in a sense. I'm just par paraphrasing. I'm not going for verbatim, but I did re read a review after watching it. And he said, the plot is not um, one line or anything like that. It's like, it has several different plots going at the same time. I'm like, I didn't see that. I didn't see, I didn't see that. I, I, I thought the plot was simple. I thought it was simplistic. I thought it was original. I thought that the mental health awareness was good, good in it. I didn't see any of the problems that he had in the film. Then again, all film was subjective, but still. Absolutely. And let's talk about, um, June's mental health real quick. She had the symptoms suggested, known on the spectrum of schizophrenia. Um, she was not born with it, but she suffered it from a traumatic form from her parents' accident, which was, it does show that it was from a car accident. Um, I could understand that. Now, I always thought schizophrenia was hereditary. Um, I never knew that it could form from a traumatic situation. So, we, you know, I'm glad that this this movie brought the awareness to that because, you know, you can learn if you pay attention to the this, like you said, the simplistic details, it will bring a lot of awareness. And I just love how the characters brought it in with humor. Same here. They managed to pull off the humor while also bringing in the dramatic of of the trauma blended in with 
the uh, schizophrenia. I think they did an excellent job at bringing that to the forefront. You know? Right. And um, they actually had an address when June was in her snorkel and she shows her ID. Yeah. Which was her mental health ID. And it brought up uh, 301 North Cedar Street, Peaceful Valley. Um, it's actually in Spokane, Washington. And um, I thought maybe it was like a, a a fake address, but more than 50 movies have been filled, filmed in Spokane, Washington since June 12th of 2020. Wow. Okay. That's something new that I didn't know about. That's pretty impressive. That they actually yeah. use a real address for that. Because normally they do fake addresses and, of course, a fake phone number as well. They always use, like, 555 in a movie and stuff like that, too. So yeah. to see that they well, use a physical they address? Phone they, they did use a 555 with the phone number. But the fact that they actually use that address, um, and it's Googleable, So, you know, it does show the area. It doesn't actually show the house itself, but right. it, it was pretty cool. Exactly. So this is also something that I want to bring up, though, too. So June aids Sam, who is illiterate, when he's struggling with writing to his mother. And the two go mm -hmm. to a local diner where Ruthie is working, where the waitress that got hit in the head with the, with the bread, she's working. She takes them out on an errand and then takes them home. After Ruthie stays for dinner, her car won't start. So I like how... Johnny actually recites the movie whenever we see him in the diner the first time doing that whole entire switch around with the plates and doing that Charlie Chaplin kind of vibe to it. And then he does that whole entire deal where it's like a horror movie where it's like, you know, and he's reciting those lines to her. And I'm like, wait, what's this, what's this horror movie that he's talking about? Then they do, do a callback later on. It's like, oh, we're here to watch Ruthie's movie. And, she, and I like how June just all proud of herself. She goes, yeah. We did errands too. And and then I like how the look on Benny's face, is it errands? And so they go in the house, they start watching the movie that Ruthie was actually part of. And Johnny, once again, start, Sam starts reciting the movie uh, for, word for Batum. Word. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was a great touch of the sister trying to look out for Benny because she knows that he needs somebody in his life. Right. So they, so Sam and her both conjure this idea of having her there on purpose, even mm -hmm. though they don't say it's on purpose, but it's insinuating it is. Well, it's also kind of like if we take Benny's interest off of me, meaning June, Juniper, right. you know, and let's focus it, ben, Benny having focus on a female, you know, that he can invest with in his life that opens up an opportunity for her and Sam. Right. And I thought that was a great way of actually putting the attention off of her and putting it onto the forefront for her brother and be like, well, you know what? He can have his own life and then I can have my own life and he doesn't have to think that I'm a burden anymore to him or anything either. So that's also another thing too that I think. And my wife just commented, Hey, Hey baby. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think that was actually a great way of actually doing it. And otherwise, it would I think that it would have actually felt forced, even though they were trying to give him another love interest in the very beginning of the movie, which is that random customer or a mm -hmm. random hookup. And the fact that that didn't even work out and he winds up falling for a waitress, I thought worked out really well. Yeah, and that the, was yeah. really clever how they played that. Um, let's talk about Johnny when they're in the park, when they're going for a walk in the park. Um, the fact that when he was doing the acting and entertaining everybody to lighten the situation, Johnny Depp's character, Sam, Johnny did all of his own stunts. Um, his comedy sequence, the role, the tumbling, those were all naturally him. And I was very impressed with the fact that that wasn't a stunt, stunt double or anything because anybody else right. would have used a stunt double for that, especially when he does the flip. And I'm just impressed with it. My mouth fell open when I was a kid. I'm like, this is something that I would love to do, but I know that I would hurt myself because I'm too clumsy to do it. But, you know, and then 
you had that whole entire deal too where Benny when he's trying to help him off the ground and he's over there tugging back and forth like a Charlie Chaplin type of thing and then he winds up and then next thing you know he puts him in a chokehold then he winds up doing all this other random stuff and then the things that are going through Benny's head is like why is he wasting his time here? He could be making tons of money in Vegas or something. If this was shot now, it'd be like, hey, you can go on AGT and do what you're doing. You know, you can Absolutely. be the next tape base pretty much if you think and stop. But he's thinking, why does he just go to Vegas? He's wasting his time in the small town. He's working at a video store and, and stuff like that. Why is he not doing more for himself? Because he can has the capability of doing that. That's what I. That's what you can see in his face. That's also what he says in the dialogue later on. Whenever he gets into the heated conversation with him in June. Hey guys, John here from Movie Lovers Unite, and let me just tell you something. Sometimes it's always hard to find the best person to edit your podcast. Well, I went through several other people to actually help me with my podcast, and the best one that I know of that actually charges really great for podcasters is Christian Obrey. And I just want to mention this. His business is Editing by Christian. Go on ahead. Let him edit your podcast. His prices are very reasonable. He'll work with you. He's 110% a fantastic person. And he's honest to the fullest. And this is John DeGregorio from Movie Lovers Unite. Here's a nice little tidbit fact, too. Um, One time... Johnny Depp was on the late night show with David Letterman and Depp proclaims that he doesn't watch any of his movies. You know, once he says, once his work is done, the job is done, he's done and it's none of his business. So I don't know as an actor, someone who is in the acting and entertainment business, I want to watch my stuff so I can know and learn where I can better myself. So the fact that he's just right. like, he's so natural at it. I mean, but he's, he's also, you know, a musician. He, he's not, he's more than just an actor. You know, he was right. um, American actor, musician, film producer, writer, all that in one. And I mean, it's just such a great thing. I think that's where I want to get my entrepreneurship from is the fact that, you know, he, he is such a, inspirational person he definitely is you know because basically he wanted to be a rock star so he winds up being he winds up doing acting to get his way into everything and i think that he's a phenomenal actor and i don't blame him for wanting not wanting to watch his performances because as someone that edits my own podcast i don't want to listen to my voice right i hate listening to my voice and everything and i could just see him just like over analyzing his performance to the point it's like yeah, I don't think I did such a good job here and just overanalyzing it. And then next thing you know, you're going to bed with this huge anxiety in your head. So, you know, I I could actually see his point. Even Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead doesn't do that either. He doesn't watch his own stuff. But um, Brandy also, what's that? Sorry. Um, Johnny's band literally just played in England last week um, over in the UK Hollywood Vampires. They were just, uh, I think it was Hollywood Vampires. I would love to see that, to be honest. My friend um, that I know, she literally just flew over to England and went and seen it, had some pictures taken with it. And I'll tell you what, her picture with Johnny Depp that she got, the way he is looking at her, he, it just shows the sincerity as him as a a human being as a person and it comes out in his characters for people to love. It's, you know, it's not just, Oh, when I first was introduced to Johnny Depp, I was introduced to him through teen bop magazine, you know, from 21 jump street. And then I started following him and seeing that grew up watching. Um, but it's he's he's more than just like a heartthrob. He he's just a very brilliant person, and um, he it shows through his pictures. It shows through his acting. It's just all there. It is. It definitely is. Um, Brandy also says this. She goes. I, she didn't. Exp- uh, she didn't think that he expected how she freaked out on the bus either for oh. June. 
Yeah. That bus scene, I was so curious because she played that to a T. I've no like I've worked in the mental health um health industry. I used to work for a company called Central Pennsylvania Supportive Services, CPSS, and I was a habilitation specialist. What I've worked with in real life versus watching her play that character, it was amazing because she 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 just let it all out. That whole scene right there was very dramatic and you could see the look on his face as like he never thought that that would happen. Right. But I love the fact that it made him love her more. It was this look of shock, but also look of concern as well. And also like, what did I get myself into in a sense, because I might be in over my head, even though I love this woman I was not expecting this to happen. And then when Benny shows up and he's in the back of the ambulance, uh, it just shocks. Um, He's like, he just has this like apologetic type of feeling in his eyes where he's basically like, I'm sorry, man, I'm, I messed up. You can definitely tell just from that little small thing of no dialogue that that's what he meant. That's how I took it anyways. But, you know, another thing that I wanted to mention, though, too, was, you know, June also got rid of a lot of housekeepers, but yet she couldn't get rid of Benny, not Benny, but couldn't get rid of Sam. And then even when she tried to, because she took away his uh, boombox for being too loud, it just, it's too loud, huh? It's too loud. And he's skating back and forth on the hammock and stuff like that. And... He's cleaning the house and he has Pearl Jam blasted and she, and she takes the boom box away from him. And I just thought that was actually pretty, uh, pretty funny where basically a, Benny comes home and he goes, so where's Sam? He went out. What do you mean he went out? He went out. He's uh, and he's sitting there right across the street on a mailbox. <laughs> I thought it was a clever joke um, that they threw in there. Like, well, let's see if we uh, let's call him back in here before he ends up mailing him. What I forget how it went, but it was like before he ends up mailing himself somewhere. Right. Or we, or we mail him somewhere. But his way of cleaning was just priceless. And the house was more immaculate than the, the uh, what was she, French or the first lady? Um, I think that, she was, I want to say she wasn't French. I would say more like Scottish. Scottish, yeah, something like that. Right, yeah. Scottish, Irish, something like that. She had an accent. I can't remember which one it was. But um, the fact that, you know, he was, he had the house more immaculate than the older lady that you would think that would have it a lot cleaner. Like she had it clean, but if you really pay attention, when Benny looks around after June says, Sam clean the house, like, why'd you yell at him? Or why, why, what happened? She's like, he cleaned the house. (laughs) That was the excuse. (laughs) He cleaned the house. And Benny looks around and everything is organized. Like, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't care anybody's cleaning style if they could get my house that organized. The same here. That was actually impressive for him to be able to clean like that. I was like, okay, kudos to you, Sam. I'll definitely hire you to uh, clean my house. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know? But yeah, like you said, he did a 10 times better job than that Scottish woman did. And any other people that he had probably before that. And here comes Sam in like less than 72 hours. There's a lot more in 72 hours than some of these other um, cleaning ladies do, caretakers do. And I don't want to necessarily say that Sam had a disability, but he was set off because, you know, he was illiterate. He had an interesting way of cleaning, an interesting way of cooking. You know, he was an off character, Mm -hmm. but yet 
his way of cleaning was so much better than somebody with all their stuff together. Right. And also too, the way he makes grilled cheese sandwiches with the, um, with the iron was just hilarious though, too, because then you have Benny and you had June just looking at him like, what the heck? And, you know, I'm like, I looked at my wife and said, so, um, when, when can we do that? <laughs> she goes, we're not. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but I thought that was actually an interesting way of him doing things. Like you said, the way he does things, the way he moves, the way he actually does certain things, it's very entertaining. And I think that you need an offbeat character like that because of the fact, and this is going to go to my quote that I mentioned before, where I said, um, what does it mean to mean somebody uh, to need somebody? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that June needs ben, uh, needs um, Sam just as much yeah. as Sam needs her, and just and that's as much, why it fits. Just as much as Benny needed Ruthie. Yep. It shows what does it like the beginning of the movie is what is it what does it mean to need somebody, and that was the catchphrase right there in the beginning. Because Benny needed Ruthie to be able to live his life. And June needed Sam and Sam needed June to kind of fulfill a normal life. Even though that they were both off um, as what society would count as, you know, a human being. Society, it, it was off to society's normal Normal, right? What they consider normal, yeah, yeah, and um, it just shows you that it's okay to dare to be different, it's okay to be yourself, it's okay to have a disability, it doesn't mean life stops, exactly. Even the social worker in this, as well, is trying to look out for. The family as well, trying to look out for Benny and also for uh, June and stuff like that, which is Dr. Gravy, who is actually played by CCH Pounder, which she plays phenomenal when she, she's a powerful woman of color. When you see her on the screen, you know you, this woman's maybe about to piss you off because even in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, where Nancy winds up getting cut by Freddy Cougar and then, of course, she wants to take the son away from her you know that you're going to get a powerful performance from her. And right. this is exactly how this happened with the, with this one. She's She takes over the scene, and I love it. Benny was played by Aiden Quinn, and mm-hmm. he is an awesome actor. Uh, he also plays in Practical Magic. And mm-hmm. um, I think he really brought a great, sense of protective big brother to the role of Benny um, versus the character that he played in Practical Magic um, where he was a little bit more deranged, I guess you could say. Um, But it just shows like even with Johnny Depp and his difference in characters, like, yeah, he played in a couple other roles where he was a deranged character so to speak or an off character Mm -hmm. it really brings an awareness to mental health and how important it is to be aware of other people's I don't know if you want to call them a disability or if you want to call it a court Um, but just the uniqueness to people themselves I think so too. I would say more of the lines of it as a cork than anything, when it, uh, especially with Johnny Depp's character. And I mm-hmm. think also too with Benny's character, though. I think he has like a little small corks here and there. But don't forget, this is also a guy who's been trying to take care of his sister since God knows how long as well. So that mental anguish is also dealing with his own mental health as well and is affecting his life. So that's how I have to put it into perspective for him because you have to want to care for his character and the way that he's behaving as well because he's just trying to be the protective brother, trying to be there for her because he's been there for her from day one and he's afraid that anybody else is going to take advantage of her. And whenever they try to put her like in a system living kind of situation too, 
you know, he doesn't want to do that to her, but at the same time, he knows that he has to do what's best for his sister. But then you wind up having that one scene where uh, Sam and her wind up sleeping together, and then that's when he goes off the rails, you know? I think what opens Benny's mind to accepting Sam, because, yeah, he was a little heated when he found out that they announced that they were involved. And he was kind of wanting to push him away, Benny pushing Sam away from his sister being the protective big brother. But I think what really opened up Benny's mind is even though Sam had that look of sorriness in the back of the ambulance, like you said, I think the fact that he stayed with her proved to Benny that he wasn't going to let anything happen to her. He'd be there for thick, thick fruit. Through thick and thin, right. And then even whenever they go into the, um, not, I don't want to say mental institution. Whenever they go to the place where everybody's been mentally institutionalized, and mm-hmm. you know, and I like how they're trying to sneak in, and so he takes off his top hat. Uh, Sam does, and just throws it at the door as it's closing, and it's perfect. The landing on it is just top notch, and Sam's just like looking over there, like. Come on, bro. Let's go. Let's let's do this. And so Benny and them going through the quarters. And then they see these other two guys, these other two employees that work there and the orderlies. And they're like, oh, crap. What are we going to do now? So he sacrifices himself. Sam sacrifices himself pretty much to uh, to give Benny that moment with his sister because he knows he needs that moment with the two of them to work things out rather than letting now, it be. Was it Mike, Sam's cousin, was one of the quarterlies or was it the other guy from the poker game? It was one of the other guys from the uh, from the poker game the because poker. I actually have Mike as a douchebag. That's actually how I have it in my notes because of the fact that I think <laughs> that Mike is a self-centered person. He wanted somebody right. to take, uh, take some, he bet it on somebody. There's no redeemable qualities about Mike. And all he is is for himself. But this other guy. Well, he was embarrassed about his cousin. Just because his cousin had some different qualities right. to him. But his friend Thomas was played by Dan Hedida. I think that's how you say his name. But he was over there. He's like, look, what are you doing? I'll take him. So he winds up taking, uh, taking Sam and away from them because I like how Sam just goes over there, slides over on the floor, goes, Mommy? And then he goes, What are you doing in here? And he gets on his knees, starts trying to run on his knees. And then that's when, of course, you see the other orderly who's uh who happens to be at that poker game. And it's actually Thomas. Thomas says, Look, I'll take this guy. I know where he needs to go. And so he takes uh Sam outside. And then that's when Sam decides he's going to climb all the way up to the very top to see. Oh, my gosh. That gave me anxiety there watching <laughs> swing back and forth. Um, of course, the comic, the, the you know, the comical part of it. But I, I thought the hospital window was up a lot higher. So when I he fell, I, I thought he was going to die. Um, so... I was that was a little bit of a on edge scene when he fell and everything like that, but um, it was just a brilliant way to distract somebody, I guess you could say. Right, and just to see June one one more time, and then June's over there smiling because at first, you know, she doesn't believe that believe any that Sam's there because they don't get along. Because mm-hmm. I was like, the last time that they saw saw each other, they were at each other's throats. He goes, Sam's mm-hmm. here with me. No, he's not. Quit lying to me. He's not here. You're just making that up. He goes, no, I'm telling you. That's how we got in. That's how I got in. And so as that's happening, you have Sam swinging back and forth on the painting, on the people that paint um, the buildings and stuff like that, or the bricklayers. And he's just over there just swinging back and forth on it, trying to get June's attention. And I just thought that was the most sweetest thing that you can actually think of for that character to do for her. And then you also have the social worker who winds up catching, um, who winds up catching Benny talking to his sister. He goes, look, 
what do I have to do to sh- uh, for you not to be here? Because I'm going to have to call the cops. And so they wind up getting June out of there. And I'll let you explain how they got, got June out of the, uh, out of being mental in- institutionalized. Yeah. Um, I don't know how. Okay. Sam didn't get caught swinging. Um, especially with that, that, uh, the caseworker there in the room, but the fact that you know you see June smiling at Sam when she notices, and Benny trying to distract the the caseworker or whatever you want to call her, the it would it just brought to life, you know, a little bit of how true love really is. You know, you would do anything, right, including fall. <laughs> <laughs> That's really falling in love. Definitely. He broke his foot to prove a point that he he was in love with this woman. And then once again, uh, June is now living her life. She's getting to live her life now. Uh, She's now with Sam. And then you see this thing. And I feel like the way they did the uh, shot of them zooming out of there, out of the house makes Mm -hmm. me feel like it's actually Benny watching them. And now he right. can leave and not have to worry about June anymore. And we right. as an audience also feels the relief of the fact that um, as we're watching this, that we also feel the relief for Denny and also the payoff at the end for uh, Sam and also for June to where we're to about this. And it works out because technically at the end, like Ruthie, is the caretaker of the building or the landlord or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it allows June and Sam to have their privacy, but yet still have that security and that protection because Ruthie is right across the hall. And Benny can now start his life with Ruthie, but yet be able to give them their own privacy and, and comfort and, it how like you said how how it comes out it's like he's still keeping an eye on her but yet he's learned to give her her space exactly and i just i love the i love the fact that they mature these characters by the end of it the payoff is towards the end i feel like we earned it i felt like everything that we were were working towards in the hour and 20 something minutes that we got worked and the fact that sam teaches june how to cook his style his way Exactly. And I also like the fact that we also lead off, leave off with the uh, Walk 500 Miles song as we're closing. And I also like, and I forgot to mention this, but I also like the little small themes whenever we're introduced to Sam, when they have that quirkiness. It has that Charlie Chaplin kind of funny vibe when you know something funny is going to happen, but you're waiting for it to happen. So I like the themes, overall themes. I love the music with this. This, to me, is a perfect movie whenever you are just wanting something to watch. And it's a mental health movie, but it's not only a mental health movie, but if you're looking for just for laughs or something, or a rom-com, this is something that I would actually recommend for somebody to watch. And it's actually streaming on Amazon right now. Also, like, if you're trying to... I wouldn't say it's a a first date movie, but it's kind of an icebreaker. So if you're trying to... If you're you're with somebody that you know, you're you're trying to break the ice with. I think this is a perfect movie to to watch because of the different parts in the the movie where you have that comedy and different parts of the seri- seriousness where it's relatable. Um, you know, it's definitely a way to be a conversation starter. Definitely. And uh, speaking of relationship advice, we're going to be giving you relationship advice right now. Um, what I would do is not dinner and a movie. I'd rather go on ahead and choose movie and a dinner. Because think of it like this. You're going to see a movie first. It opens up a chance for someone, for you guys to talk about something while you're eating dinner. Versus mm-hmm. 
it being where it's totally awkward. You don't know what to talk about or anything like that. So therefore you see a movie, you guys are driving together because you saw something. So I think that this is actually a perfect first date kind of movie that you would go see or not right. even this movie, just like any movie in general, I would, I would say go with movie and dinner, not dinner and a movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Definitely do the movie first. Because then yeah. you have so much to relate to, and and you know it, it's just like I said before, it's a great conversation starter. Most definitely, but that's everything as far as this review goes. Heidi, thank you so much for doing this review. Um, Absolutely, I, this, yeah, it's been a pleasure. But where can everybody follow you at on the socials and things like that if they want to go ahead and listen to your podcast and things like that? Okay, so. I usually do a podcast every Friday. Well, I have it to where it airs every Friday night at nine or a little bit before, but it's usually Friday night. I will be honest. Um, I did not do last week's podcast or this week's because last week my daughter um, has been going in and out of the doctors because she had broke her arm. Um, so we've been getting cast on and then, yesterday I had a death in my family. So I, I'm a little bit behind on my podcast, but if you do want to follow me, um, you just look for my little logo where it's a picture, a cartoon picture of me with a fedora and it's our class productions. And you can type in color of love, sibling rivalry, and it should just pop right up. I also can be followed on Instagram. Um, our class productions which is my production team that I am building and building in Atlanta. But it is going to be an East Coast base, so um, an East Coast production team. You can follow that on Instagram. You can follow myself as Heidi Joe D'Amelio. Um, that's my only account. That's personally me, other than our class production on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on TikTok under Ms. Capone or I think I Honey Capone BBZ was one of my originals on TikTok. And then I switched it over to Ms. Capone um, because my 13-year-old daughter got a hold of my phone and got on TikTok and I was banned on live for being for not being old enough. And I'm in my forties. So obviously I'm old enough to be on TikTok, but I had to create a new account, which I had amazing followers on the first one. Um, I'm okay on the second one. I can still go live. I also have a Facebook, but I kind of keep that more personal to people I know um, because I do have family members on that, but I do let certain people follow me. But most of all, I do have a Twitter. I don't get on it as much. I, I was there for a while. That, I believe, is just under Heidi Joe D'Amelio. So you can either find me under Heidi Joe D'Amelio or Our Class Productions on almost any social media platform. But my main ones to follow, I would say, is definitely the Instagram and um, the, maybe the TikToks and definitely the YouTube where my podcast is going to be. That's the one I really want to get out is the podcasting, because like I said, I'm really trying to connect with fans and build a big fan base, you know, so we can have that support and interaction. I'm trying to do something different. I'm not just trying to have regular regular reality. You know, everything is um, with reality. It's everybody gets bored because it's the same thing, you know, this or that. I'm trying to take the old school classy vibe and mix it with reality TV and cinematic. Okay. And I'm just trying to do something a little bit different that's not as cliche. Go Thank ahead, you. follow Movie Lovers Unite because it's great. Thank you so much. Thank you for the support, Heidi. I do appreciate you. you. Anytime. You're welcome over here anytime you want. And uh, everybody, have a great and safe night. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.